0: Hello, hello, and welcome once again to the Young Entrepreneur Mindset Podcast. I am your host, Angel, coming to you live on this beautiful day, Tuesday. It's the end of the month, May 31st. Listen, I hope you guys had a great uh, month of May and stuff for many entrepreneurs out there. And I'm super excited and I'm so glad and honored to be here once again on this channel. Listen, speaking of channel, if you don't mind, please... So Show your support. Subscribe to the channel. Uh, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and whatnot. And listen, I'd be so glad that you could go ahead and like this video. Give us a comment because today, today we have a special guest here, okay? And I am so honored uh, to have you her here today. Her name is Fiona Valentin. And listen, today we are going to have her talking about many things. She's an artist, all right, and she has some great, great uh, content. So I want you guys to tune in, listen carefully, because she not only is an artist, she also coaches artists, okay? We're going to get into all of that, and we're going to be talking about today an important topic, and it's how to turn your creative hobby into a profitable business, okay? We're talking about someone that already went through that avenue. She's having, uh, She already had the ability to figure it out, how to get that creative hobby into a business. And we'll be talking about that here. So, guys, go ahead and follow me on all those channels. And also, uh, the auto-download is going to be available on the Anchor Podcast, Google Podcast, uh, you name it, iHeartRadio, all of them. So, wherever you get a podcast, go ahead and download it there. If you're listening right now to this recording on the download of one of those uh, uh, platforms, thank you so much for taking your time. To download this podcast and please if you have any uh spare time write me a review also on apple Podcasts. i greatly appreciate it because those reviews uh, for podcasters those help our podcasts get uh get more looks right on google and other platforms so go ahead and, and uh, leave a review and appreciate it, okay guys so without further ado let's go ahead and bring her on uh miss fiona hello how are you
1: hello hello good to see you angel
0: yes thank you and it's good to see you fiona thank you for your time i know you are all the way in australia right melbourne is that correct that's right wow thank you so much for being here fiona listen let's go ahead and get right into it but before we get into the business aspect uh, i know you coach your you're business coach for artists and whatnot and that's fantastic i want to learn so much on how you got started and everything um <laughs> So let's go ahead and let's do that. Just talk about your story. I know that you, you shared with me part of your story. Uh, you know, you, you've been through all the poverty and, and you know, you've seen all aspects of life. But I think deep down inside, Fiona had some type of passion. She had a de- determination, right? You were determined to overcome many obstacles. Talk to us about that and your story in Africa and everything. You've been to all parts around the world.
1: Yeah, I, I did go to Africa fairly young and I had some art experience in high school but I actually went uh, to West Africa to teach children how to read and I thought I'd be there for about six months. I ended up being there for a year and I met my husband who's from the States during that time and he eventually followed me back to Australia. We got married. We ended up living in Texas for a while. Then we went. We lived in Africa together and we were in a very remote village, a mud village working with nomads at the time and we had a new baby learning languages having a lot of visitors to our home um, doing without water running water and electricity so being up close and personal with suffering on a daily basis really made me feel like my creativity was frivolous and self-indulgent and it just didn't seem to fit I didn't understand and I didn't have anybody to help me see the women around me were still enjoying their creativity, even if they didn't have much. Okay. And I'm saying because it's a healthy way to live. So I didn't really understand that for a long time. It wasn't until we were back in Australia, I had two children, been homeschooling for a while, that I really recovered my creativity and saw this of it. I gently, I, I did some gardening, I did some quilting, and then eventually found my way back to knitting. And by that time I was really convinced about how important creativity is.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. So so after so, you I don't back all... in. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, say that again? Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. So no, because I want to get into um mm-hmm. and thank you for sharing that stories. Okay, that's that's awesome. I know there's think it's a little bit delayed with the Wi Fi and whatnot. Uh, I I know probably in your end has the Wi-Fi, but um, so so you met your husband and everything, and you go to Africa and you live right. Of course, a whole different lifestyle. So how how did you come up with wanting to be like the artist? That was the artist thing already in you or something, and then you developed it as you went. Or
1: well, it had my schools and I had some good training. I'd always meant to get back to painting and drawing, but it wasn't really until my 30s that I really made time and decided this is important and I'm really going to pursue this. Not long after that, uh, I'd been homeschooling my children and they went to school and it was time for me to go back to work. I got an admin job and I learned a lot, learned a lot of business skills in that role. I did a diploma of business while I was there. But all the time I was really wanting to be home painting So I decided I had to figure out a way to make this work, to turn this into a business. So in the end, what I did was I started teaching children to learn how to paint. Having a teaching background, that made sense to me. But a lot of it was to do with mindset things that I think a lot of people have, that it's hard to make money as an artist. You can't really do it and, you know, artists starve. Everybody knows that. Well, it's not true. (laughs) There are plenty of artists who have successful business, but it's learning to understand that you're not selling out if you start selling your art, but you do need to approach it like a business and apply your creativity to entrepreneurial skills, just like right. you apply your creativity to your painting. Exactly. So that was a whole learning curve for me. That's what came next.
0: Ah, okay. That makes sense. So so how about How does someone like, for example, you, you, I know you do uh, business coaching. So how do you, what's the approach? Like how, how does someone maybe start, you know, coaching with you with artists? Because I see artists, uh, sometimes artists to me, I'm not, I'm not an expert in it, but to me, artists are more like freelancers. Like they maybe work individually. So the concept of you coaching someone, right? How, how do you do the coaching? How do you, uh, what's, what's the strategy behind that?
1: So I help them to exactly, strategy is the word for it, to talk through their goals and personalize a program. So Profitable Artist Method is a 90-day program, and it has three aspects to it, clarity, creativity, and connection. And I help people to find clarity. What is it that you really want to do? Painting or your creative hobby? What is it that you really love about it? So maybe maybe you really love painting pet portraits. Maybe you're really um, excited about uh, watercolor florals or landscape painting. Whatever your thing is, okay. ask yourself how much time you want to, how much money you took. And now that you know that thing that you love, do, you're looking for where those three things come together, where they overlap, and how to create your highest value offer. So many artists try to sell low ticket things, thinking it's easy to sell something with a lower tag. It's actually not true. It's just as much work. And there are there's a perception thing too. If something's too cheap, it doesn't people aren't sure that it's really viable. So when you understand your value as an artist, you can make this plan and you can come up with your highest value offer. Once we've figured that out, I help artists to work on a collection basis where they release four collections a year, themed paintings, and they connect that art with collectors. Those are people who love what they do and they can't wait to buy it. Okay. And you connect by building a marketing ecosystem, a website, an email list, and social media presence. And you want all of that working together. So it's telling this clear story about the value of your art and what it's going to mean for your collectors to have it in their home, or their place of work. So right. during these 90 days, we go through weekly sessions, and I take them this method.
0: Okay. Because you, I think you said something very important, especially now that we have a lot of – Platform, social media, right? So how does someone, I mean, this you, you just create a page. Uh, by the way, I know you have a page that's called the Confident Artist Facebook Group, correct?
1: That's right. Yeah, Facebook group.
0: Okay. T- talk to us about the Posting Facebook group.
1: Their creativity. Yeah. So yeah. this Facebook group is for people who are wanting to build a creative habit, make beautiful art, and learn the art of selling art. For a lot of artists, um, we're working alone in our studio. So having a place where you can find your tribe, you find people who are making and sharing what's on their easel, talking about their favourite paint or um, yeah. asking questions of each other and learn how to share your art with the world, and that's what this group does. It's a really great supportive place for learning and interacting with other artists.
0: Okay. Come and join that's us. That's
1: awesome.
0: <laughs> yeah. So and 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 that same uh same topic with social media, how does someone sell on, on social media, right? Facebook, how how does someone make a profit out of that? Like what's the basic about that?
1: Yeah. And that's where your marketing ecosystem comes. When you Okay Build that, when you understand who your art's for, your art's not for everybody. There are so many different ways to make art and you're figuring out who you are, what you have to make, and then who is going to love that too? Who's going to really enjoy your art and can afford to pay for it? That's a really important piece because a lot of people may love art, but they may not be able to afford it, which means they may be admirers, they may be fans, but they're not your ideal collectors. They're not who you're aiming at. So when you know what you're making and who you are and who it's for, then okay. that helps your messaging be really clear. And you can build that relationship through, you know, showing videos of your work and having really call to action where people can click on the link in your bio and get onto your mailing list so that you yeah. can tell them when your new work is going to be released.
0: Okay. okay. So that, that's where
1: you need the whole system. You need the website, the email, yeah. and the social.
0: Perfect. That makes sense. So should gallery representation be a goal? You know, going out to art galleries, should that be something someone should consider as a goal?
1: It's a good question because a lot of people think there are a whole bunch of things they need to sell art, gallery representation being one of them, perhaps a fine yeah. art degree or um, awards in art shows. But those things can be very difficult to chase and they may or may not be the right thing for you. We have an amazing opportunity with the internet. So I would say whether you have gallery representation or not, build your own independent platform. Get really clear on who you are. Build that marketing ecosystem. Get the productivity happening in your studio so you're collecting, connecting, sorry, directly with your collectors. If you're selling through a gallery, there's going to be a 50% commission. That's pretty standard. Oh, We're selling directly. You're not paying anybody to do that, so True. there's a big positive. So I'm I'm not against gallery representation. If you have a gallery representing you, that's a great thing. But I do think you should do that in conjunction with selling directly to your collectors.
0: Ah, that makes sense. I did not know that. See, there's a commission fee, obviously, because you're using their area maybe their platform so they're gonna it's like a a rent you have to pay a rent to use their store and they're
1: marketing for you they're doing a lot for you exactly
0: okay Okay, that makes sense. And I work I with know. my
1: clients who already have galleries to help them do both and build a win-win situation where they're respecting the gallery and the gallery understands what they're doing and that you're helping market each other. And yeah. Clear understanding that the the pricing is going to be consistent and if a buyer comes to you from the gallery, you're going to pay the gallery the commission, but you're also selling directly and that's not a commission to the gallery. So you work out a relationship where you of trust and mutual benefit
0: okay i have a personal question like what makes an artwork so special i mean let's let's imagine and in the history of art that i mean for that we probably could know like the mona lisa right you see you know the image of a woman but it was an art that it became so famous like What do you think that there could, there could, there maybe there's a piece of art out there that we don't know of that could be that big? Like, what makes a piece of art so special?
1: There's a whole lot of factors, and sometimes it's (laughs) just hype and media. (laughs) Sometimes it it, is that it was just really amazing, but there's probably just as much really amazing art that's never been discovered. But there's something in human nature that likes the familiar. And so some great become very famous That's sort of a self-perpetuating thing because we recognise it and much has been made of it. But when you're selling directly to collectors, that whole trying to be famous or make fantastic art can feel like a lot of pressure. And really whatever kind of art appeals to you, there are going to be enough collectors who love it too. I like to think of art like a forest, like a whole ecosystem where you've got the huge trees. In our forests here we have these giant eucalypts called mountain ash. They're just beautiful. But that big canopy trees are not the only part of the forest. Tree ferns, there are smaller saplings, bushes, and then you go right down to the bracken and the fern and the moss and the leaf litter and the yeah. sticks and they're all a really important and special part of the ecosystem. So maybe you're moss, maybe you're a fern, maybe you're bracken or a tiny bird, not a great big canopied mountain ash tree.
0: Yeah.
1: But without you, the forest isn't the forest. So try not to feel that sort of or give in to that imposter syndrome that says, oh, you're not good enough and, you know, all that sort of thing and just be you and trust yeah, exactly. that there are people that you're going to love. Yeah,
0: yeah absolutely that's awesome so on your website I know you have uh, for for people when they go on the website talk about a little bit about your website well what can they expect because I know you have you yeah. have workshops you have online coaching you have online courses so talk to about the benefits of each of those
1: sure so when you land on my website fionavalentine.com, you'll see that there's a free guide on How to Start Selling Your Art, and that talks about some of the things we've been talking about today. So you can jump and grab that. also see a tab called The Business School, and that's really just talking about the three steps. One, download the guide. Number two, I have a one-hour workshop talking about how to make a business from your creative hobby. And then my signature program is The Profitable Artist Method, and that's the 90-day coaching program where I help you build your portfolio of paintings and your business at the same time. I also work with businesses. Although I'm a business coach for artists, I'm also an art coach for businesses, and I help professionals and businesses to build the soft skills required for creativity and innovation. Okay. Change management and continuous improvement require a lot of creativity. But did you know that 50% of people don't even think they're creative? (laughs) That's true. But true. 100% 100% yeah. of humans are creative just by being born, but maybe they don't recognize it, maybe they haven't developed it. And uh, that's where we come in. So I teach a drawing workshop, okay. even for people who can't draw stick figures. So they can see, wow, this is a skill I can learn. And they, I teach them how exercising your creativity like that helps build these neural pathways in your brain and the first time you do it, it feels really, really bad. Yeah. <laughs> but then these pathways get stronger and stronger and pretty soon you can do so much more. It's like when you learn to drive the first time, it's like so scary and too many things to think about, especially if you're yeah. driving a man. But now you know, we can drive and have a conversation at the same time and we hardly think about it. Okay. It just happens. Well, that happens yeah. with any other skill. So if you practice creativity those neural pathways become available for problem solving no matter what industry you're working in. So you'll right. find that on the website too.
0: Okay. That's great. No, that's great that you also work for uh, businesses as well, corporations and whatnot as well. That's awesome. So, and, and you, your, your art is like, cause I'm thinking like, of course, you know, a lot of kids, maybe a lot of youth, uh, young adults that maybe they're, they want to do the, iPad kind of drawing thing, you know, technology thing versus the old, yeah. you know, wet paint and whatnot. Is that your style? Like do you have you experienced both of them?
1: I don't work digitally painting. I love the hands-on tactile, okay. moving the hands brush, on. moving the paint. Yeah. And so yeah. I teach kids that way too. Because if you understand how to do it with your hands, it only enhances the digital experience. And there's something really amazing about interacting with art outside of a screen when it's in person there's an impact the texture the colors this just thing about the artist's experience of whatever place or person or still life they've painted that you experience when you stand in front of it real not just on the screen so i it's amazing the things we can do digitally now. I think that's fantastic, yeah. but that's not the area that gets me excited. It's, it's yeah. actual paint.
0: It is. Yeah. It takes away that, that natural touch, I think from having that, that the old style, you know, painting and whatnot. So, and speaking of that, like the youth and you know, all, like if you want, if someone wants to encourage their son or their daughter to, you know, start painting and, and discovering maybe a talent that they didn't even know that they had. What do you suggest they can do?
1: I suggest they keep it full and that they work with them. There's an artist called Kathy Barbro who um, has a website, I think it's called Art for Kids or something, and she makes really simple uh, drawing templates for kids. And I used them in my kids' class for years because they were just the right balance between too easy and too hard. And they taught observation skills. When, when we're kids, you know, we all draw and it's fun. And then we get to about nine and we stop drawing symbolically and start to have an interest usually in drawing more realistically. And if we get a little bit of training on how to do that, how to take a three-dimensional world and represent it on a two-dimensional paper or canvas, yeah. if we start to learn those skills, then we we feel good about it and we can continue. If we don't get any training, it's tempting to think, oh, it's not good art. And people give up at that point. And so it's a really key time when kids are getting to around about nine. So I would encourage parents to encourage creativity in their kids and find out a little bit, do some things with them to help them learn some basic skills so that they've got that for the rest of their life and they're not carrying around the idea that oh, I'm just not good at this. When in actual fact, yeah. as I a Tell my students just add the word yet. I'm not good at it yet. It's learnable.
0: Yeah, it's a practice. Keep practicing. That's funny because my daughter, right now, she's 10, and that's about the age that she mm-hmm. already, you know, with the tablet and the phone and, 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 you know, YouTube, you know, it is. I see where it's disappeared, mm-hmm. and it makes sense because before she was always one, I, I want crayons. I want a color. You know, when she was four or five and six. But now that she's getting, like, to that pre age, you know, it's I can see that she has no desire for it like she used to. That makes sense.
1: Right. And you can guide them and help them rediscover that interest off screen. It's so good for their mental health as they go into their teenage years, just cutting down on that screen time and helping them. You know, there are some really great uh, manga artists, sort of cartoon-style people. Portrait um, training. Oh, yeah. there, there are books online that you can find. Now, some of them I, I would not recommend for teenagers, or especially <laughs> for ten-year-olds. But some of them are yeah. um, awesome, I would say. And um, so I use some of those in my kids' classes with those who were getting older and had an interest in. And it really helped bridge the interest with things they'd seen online, but still actually building skills with paper and pencil. And um, I just uh, think it's really healthy for them if we can. Yeah, put something in front of them that grabs their attention. and materials available, even try doing some things themselves where they it. it's almost all and they're going to want to pick it up and have a go,
0: of course. Yeah, well, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Fiona. And also on your Facebook page, I'm put here uh, people can follow you on your Facebook page at Fiona Valentine and also the Facebook group, the Confident Artist Facebook group. I'm going to have that link down there on the video description so that people could go ahead and join um also on your website they could go mm-hmm. on your website do you have um any art uh showings like in in your yeah. um social media accounts that we could see
1: yeah on um instagram are a valentine artist you can see my post there and there are some paintings from time to time as, well as um, lots of tips on how to sell your art online
0: Oh, nice on Instagram. Okay, I'm definitely going to follow you also yeah. on Instagram. That's awesome. Well, thank you, Fiona. I am so honored to have you here. And thank you for uh, giving us all this knowledge and how to make your creativity uh, out of a profitable business. I appreciate that.
1: Well, thank you, Angel. Thank you for having me guest in um, the station. Hope you get it.
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much, Fiona. You take care of yourself. Uh, blessings to you and your family and good luck Mm -hmm. and everything that you keep doing in your art. Okay.
1: Thank you. Bye-bye.
0: Bye-bye. Thank you. All right, guys. So there you have it guys. Look her up. Fiona Valentine. And also on the Facebook page, the confident artists, Facebook group. So if you're into any art at all, even the traditional art, anything like that and her website, I'm going to have all the links and the descriptions below. So you could go ahead and, um, Follow her on her social media accounts, okay? Also, guys, before we leave, uh, you see the link there, uh, for lifecom slash ShantosFamily. If you guys are into any uh, natural supplements, anything for immune system, protein shakes, uh, Gold Factor, this is one of my favorite right here. I, I, I recommend you go to that website, look up Gold Factor. I love this thing. This is something that I take for... Uh, Uh, In the immune system, okay? And it's in the liquid. I take it every morning. Take my two, three ounces, and we're good to go. So go ahead and look up the website there and follow me on that website, and I appreciate it. So guys, before we leave, I want to leave you with a positive note as always. One of my favorite scriptures, it was actually today's scripture, and it says in Hebrews 6.10, it says, God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown him as you have helped his people, and continue to help them. All right, folks. So there you have it. Thank you again for joining the Young Entrepreneur Mindset Podcast. I will see you on the next episode. God bless and take care. Bye.